0: <laughs> so the next section, the next principle that Imam Ghazali mentions is uh, frivolity and the love of status. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Qur'an Tilka la ul-wan That is the abode of the afterlife. We have made it for those who want neither high status nor corruption on earth. So the Prophet said Love of wealth and status grows hypocrisy in the heart like water grows plants He also said Love of wealth and status is more ruinous to a Muslim's religion Than two vicious wolves in a stable, in a stable of sheep um, so A Muslim's deen which is sort of housed you could say in, in their heart um, it, uh, the, uh, it, uh, it wreaks havoc It wreaks havoc when when there's uh, love for status and love for wealth in the heart. He also said, Verily the person of paradise is every disheveled, dusty person in tattered clothing whom nobody pays attention to. The one who, if he seeks permission to visit a leader, he's denied. If he proposes to a woman, he's not accepted for marriage. And if he says something, he's not listened to. So the person that essentially everyone thinks is a lowlife and they don't give any attention to... Prophet says that this is how every person of paradise is. Um, concern for his needs reverberates in his chest. If his light were spread out over the people on the day of resurrection, it would encompass them for sure. So irrespective of if that person is, is recognized in this world by people, given status by people in this world, that person is so beloved to Allah that on the day of judgment, their light would be sufficient to spread over everyone on the day of resurrection ayub said by allah a slave has not been true to allah unless he is glad not to be made to feel his position a slave has not been true to allah unless he is glad not to be made to feel his position so imam ghazali goes on he says you have come to know from the above the blameworthiness of fame and status The exception to this is when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes a slave famous in religion without him seeking it. Like the fame of the prophets, the rightly guided uh, uh, khulafah and and saints. So Imam Ghazali is saying that, look, the the responsibility of making a person um, famous or the responsibility of elevating a person's status in the eyes of people, that's not the responsibility of people, that's responsibility of Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala raises people and he often raises them in the eyes of other people, but it's because of the piety and taqwa of that person and the desire to conceal their piety and taqwa, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then raises, then raises them as a result of it. So you see that the fame of the prophets didn't come because of some request for status on their on their part. And then same thing with the khulafa. You know, One of the hadith that he mentioned was, was Umar radiallahu anhu and actually how he was uh, very... Active in suppressing himself so that himself in front of the community, in particular, so that he didn't have status. And then the saints, the people that are very close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they have no desire for the status of people. Now, if Allah ta'ala chooses to elevate them, that's his prerogative, he can do that and he will do that. So, we see commonly that there are people, Imam Ghazali being one of them. Uh, you know, who's they're timeless. I mean, they're we, we're reading about them centuries and centuries later. Um, they because these are people that really did suppress themselves. Many, many people, Jinniat al Baghdadi and Imam Ghazali and <clears throat> Fudayl ibn Iyad, and people people of this caliber, Allah Ta'ala has raised them, and so their status is high because this is what He chose to do. So, Imam Ghazali goes on the reality of status. Know that the reality of status is the possession of people's hearts, in order for the person of status to use them according to his desire, for them to rush to fulfill his needs, and for tongues to praise him. Okay? that's the definition of status, or that's the, that's the reality of status. You want people to follow you. You want people to look up to you. You want people to be like you. You want people to, um, you want people to. To serve you and look, he's basically what it comes down to. It's it, he says is it's the possession of people's hearts. You want people to to be uh, under your control, just as the meaning of wealth is the possession of dirhams in order to achieve some goal. Likewise, the meaning of status is the possession of hearts. So one is possession of, of wealth, and this is possession of hearts. However, status is more beloved because to achieve wealth through it is easier than achieving status through wealth. And because it is impervious to theft, uh, usurpation, and uh, being subject to damage. Meaning it's far easier to, for you to, to win people's hearts over without having to uh, subjugate yourself to, uh, to, to obtaining wealth and then trying to obtain status in that way the the reverse is is easier so maybe you can elevate your your rank in the eyes of people and as a result they begin to serve you they begin to give you their wealth they begin to and you see this kind of happening you know it's a very corrupt system but then your their donations and contributions end up in your pocket so it's a lot easier to obtain wealth in that manner rather than having to obtain wealth first and then subsequently obtain status so then, uh, I said, "Indeed, when someone owns a person's heart through that person's reverence of him, the person will not cease to praise him and look for any opportunity to uh, support him." So um, we'll, we'll continue, um, but the, uh, well, the 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 point of this is that once. Um, a person, then you, you have possession of someone else's heart You will, uh, you, you crave it And you grow from it Because they continue to praise you You continue to elevate You They continue to praise you You continue to elevate I mean, it's all this uh, It'll all collapse one day But that's the reality of status There is another secret in it as well So this part we should pay attention to uh, Which is that the meaning of status is loftiness, haughtiness, and might These are among divine attributes, meaning attributes of Allah. And divine attributes are naturally beloved to human beings. In fact, they are the most beloved of things to them, and that is because of a subtle secret between the soul and divine affairs. So uh, what he's saying is that that our desire for status isn't just our own purely nafsi desire. It actually stems from our connection with divinity. Uh, this is expressed in Allah subhanahu wa statement. قول الْرُّوحُ من أمر ربي, Say that the soul is from my Lord's affair. Right? The the, the Mashaykh say that the soul comes from what is considered above, what's heavenly. So, what's above the Arsh of Allah? What's heavenly? That's where the soul comes from, and the soul has a desire to, um, because it because it comes from this space. It has a desire to acquire some Or at least reflect some of the attributes Of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And obviously Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a highest status So it is a lordly matter that is naturally beloved On account of its independent authority and uniqueness uh, Which is the reality of divinity Rather all existent things are like a shadow from the light of his power they have the position of subordination and not the position of parity there is nothing else in existence alongside allah it is as if human beings crave this saying to everything i am your highest lord so we 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 crave status because of this while um while, while Fir'aun just said it plainly others conceal it right Fir'aun said ana rabbukum al-a'la but the reality is that many people actually believe that. They just actually don't share it with the rest of the world. They just keep it to themselves and they continue doing what they're doing so that people continue to praise them and raise them. But this is with, this is sort of within us. But again, it's linked with, with divinity. Um, so then he says, It is also conceivable that humanity be put to his use. Thus he loves to subjugate them by means of their hearts and by possessing them through instilling a sense of reverence in them. Reverence occurs when they believe that he has perfect qualities for indeed veneration is a consequence of believing that the venerated is perfect We thrive when people praise us. We love it when people praise us. They say something positive about us Wow, you're doing so well in school. Wow, you're, you, you give khutbahs in the community. Look at you We, we, we thrive from this um, because in people's eyes we are becoming close to perfection and because we, because we ourselves have this desire to be perfect, um, we 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 enjoy when people praise us when it's in this regard. For this reason, the human being loves for his status to grow and his reputation to spread, even into those countries that he is sure he'll never travel to or meet their people. Right? Some people, they desire to build an international reputation. They want everyone in the world to know them, even, if, even though you're never going to actually interact with those people. What doesn't even make sense? Why would you want to possess the hearts of people that you're never going to speak to? Well, this is a characteristic. Of, this, is, this is what Imam Ghazali is saying, that even though you're never going to interact with somebody, you still want their hearts because it, it, it raises you. Uh, because all of that corresponds to lordly attributes, okay. So then that raises confusion in the mind, right? Well, if this, if these are lordly attributes, and we're actually seeking to perfection, or our heart is seeking perfection, then why is that a problem? So then he says, the reality of high status in respect of blame and praise. Perhaps you say, if it is the case that seeking high status is a consequence of reason, it is from is from the peculiarities of the soul and corresponds to lordly matters, then why is it blameworthy? What's the problem with it? Ultimately, we're just seeking that connection with Allah, or seeking to have that attribute that, um, or or at least a component of that attribute that Allah Taala possesses. So he says, know that seeking truly high status is praiseworthy, not blameworthy. And the key word here is truly. So we'll repeat it. Know that seeking truly high status is praiseworthy, it is not blameworthy closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is something sought by all and it is surely high status and perfection if you if you want if you if the claim is that well this is an attribute of Allah and i i just desire to have that attribute well know that true status truly high status yes it's good to have that but it is a it is closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that is what true high status and perfection is It is a dignity with no baseness in it, and a pleasure that has no filth. Seeking that is praiseworthy. Meaning if you are seeking status in the sense of I want to become closer to Allah, I want to draw myself nearer to Allah, and I want Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to elevate me in His eyes, and I want my status to be highest in His eyes, or in the eyes of the angels, then that's absolutely praiseworthy. And that's how we channel this desire for status. Now you can either have uh if you want to fulfill this desire of yours which is that you want to be elevated or you want you want to be raised fulfill it but do it such that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pleased with you and you are elevated in rank in his eyes and in the eyes of the angels not in the eyes of people because that's not truly uh that's not true dignity The only blameworthy thing is seeking an imagined perfection rather than the real thing. Real perfection derives from knowledge, freedom, and power, which are for a person to not be controlled by another. When we possess people's hearts, or when we are, when we are, uh, when we seek the status through other people, this is an imagined perfection. And it... Uh, it's an imagined perfection And it, we are dependent upon people at that point So if people, for instance If let's say 20 people were people who were always praising us And respecting us and giving us a good name If all of them were to suddenly pass away What would happen? We would go from here and we'd hit the ground very quickly It's just an imagined perfection There's no, there's no truth or reality to it um, The reality of power is inconceivable for the slave For his power is only in wealth and status Which are imaginary perfections Okay, then he goes on Someone... Um, so someone imagines it to be perfection and then it disappears. When people are raising you because of your wealth, for instance, and then one day you go bankrupt and then you hit the ground and everybody turns their back on you. How is that true status? How is that even achieve? How is that perfection? Or how is it nearing perfection? It's not possible. Um, rather, perfection is in those righteous deeds that remain and uh, through which closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is attained. If you... Uh, per, per, so per, the definition of profession is that a person excel in their righteous deeds because this is what the Prophet exemplified. These do not disappear at death. Rather, they are multiplied many times over without limit. The reality of deeds is that it's not dependent upon creation. All of creation will disappear or all of creation is, will will pass. So, for instance, if if a group of people are raising your name, well, then they can, If sorry, if you are elevated in status because of the praise or the attention of people and those people then disappear, well, then your status also disappears and it drops. On the other hand, if you are raised in status by your righteous deeds, because that's what's actually the scaffold, scaffolding that's keeping you up. Well, then when you pass away and you go into your grave, what happens? That continues to increase, right? The scaffold will never break because when to go into your grave, then the deeds are actually going to be multiplied. Also, from real perfection is freedom, which is the cutting off of your relationship with all connections of the world. Actually, from everything that separates from you at death and limiting your attention to that which inevitably stays with you, which is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Look, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was the one who brought us into before we came into this world. We all recognize that Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala was our lord and he was the one that created our soul and then he decided to put our soul into this world and then uh, into and breathed it into the womb of our mother and then we then throughout this world we live and he's the one that's provided for us and then he's going to be the one that takes away our soul and then puts us into our grave so why would we if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is always staying with us, and then even in the Day of Judgment, it'll be with Allah. And then in Jannah, we'll be with Allah. So why is it that we would seek the attention and praise of something that's limited and transient, that's only for a few years in this world, when we've always been with Allah, it makes most sense that we would seek our attention from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As Allah, as Allah revealed to Dawood alayhi salam, O Dawood, I am your inevitable end. So cling to the inevitable. Focus on what's salient, not what's transient. If things are passing, there's no need for your attention to be on it. Your focus in this world should always be on what is salient. And Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala is omnipresent. He's He's always there. He's always there with us. He's there with us uh, in at, in every stage of our life, and He's closer to us. نحن أقرب من حبر Wareed than even our jugular vein. He's close to us. He's always. Uh, He's always with us and he's always closer to us than anything else. So uh, it would only make sense that we focus our attention on Allah. Knowledge and freedom are among the righteous deeds that remain and they are both real perfections. The upside down people are those who have reverse reality. They turn away from seeking real perfection and are preoccupied with seeking imaginary perfection, looking at this world and seeking the pleasures of this world and the attention of the people of this world. They are the ones who burn with the fire of sorrow at uh, at death, for they witness that they have lost both the world and the afterlife. Now, this uh, Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran: "Qadu lam minal min wa musallin walam naku nutaymul-muskin, mudathir, ma'al we were people that rejected our prayer. We rejected our our, our deen. We didn't we didn't feed those were that were needy, and uh, we we did this in this world. حتى al اليقين until the moment of death came to us. Then everything became clear to us, right? And so he's saying that look, the people that are chasing this false these false vanities, or the people that are uh, <coughs> striving toward this um, imaginary perfection death is going to hit them. And when death hits them, they're going to lose out on two things. Number one, they're going to lose out on the world because all those things that praise them are no longer going to praise them. So even if uh, the entire world is praising them, they had that for a period of time, that's gone. Okay, fine. If that was gone, no problem, as long as I have my hereafter. What happens to these people? They also have lost their hereafter as well because they were focused on creation and not focused on the creator in this world. Quelling the love of status from the heart. If you know the reality and essence of status and that and that it is an imaginary perfection then you know that the way to treat it is quelling or removing the love of it from your heart. After all you know that if the people of the earth prostrated to you for example it would be but a short while before there was no one prostrating and uh, and no one and no one prostrated too. How so? alayha fan. This entire world is going to vanish and disappear. So the person the people that are prostrating to you, the people that are prostrating, they're all going to vanish. And the one who's being prostrated to, you know, us, we're going to vanish. So recognize that principle. How could you be pleased to... And, and, and it's interesting, right? Because if you look at um, anyone that's kind of in the public sphere, or people that have the attention of, of people, uh, of, of creation inevitably everyone falls. I mean, there's no, for instance, like a celebrity. There's no celebrity that maintains their celebrity status and their awe in the eyes of people throughout their life inevitably, four or five years later, some scandal comes up, some issue comes up, some leak comes up, and, and then all of their popularity and fame just falls to the ground, right? Or because of the praise of others, they get involved in, uh, in all of these, you know, in, in, in corrupt behaviors and drugs and all these things. And inevitably, everyone falls when you succumb to the praise of people. It doesn't matter who you are. And even if in those very rare circumstances where you don't fall, you will fall at the time of death. How could you be pleased to abandon an everlasting dominion with ever-high and far-reaching status with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His angels in exchange for your petty low-life status that only excites fools who neither benefit you nor harm you and who have no control over life, death, resurrection, provision, or time. How could you turn your back on Allah and turn your attention to creation? How could you neglect the ability for Allah Taala to raise your status, and instead favor that your status be raised by people of this world, who number one, they have no ability to benefit you or harm you. They aren't the, you know, if they're, for instance, uh, they're in control, they they're dependent upon Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala themselves, and number two, they have no control over your life, your death, your resurrection, your provision, your time. This is all coming from Allah anyway. So why would you, why would you be concerned with 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 people in this world? Okay, treating the love of praise which motivates seeking status. Among the motivations for seeking status is the love of praise. Among the motivations for seeking status is the love of praise. Indeed, the human being takes pleasure in it from... Um, for, okay, we'll, we'll stop there. The pleasure of the first aspect ceases if praise comes from other than the people of insight then it is certainly does not make a person feel a perfection. So, for instance, you know, if we if there are people who don't have insight into the matter they're praising you with, right? So, for instance, people think that you have knowledge, and the person who's praising you is someone that has no knowledge. Well, then it's like a child telling you, you have $5 in your pocket, and the child is telling you, wow, you're so rich. They don't have insight themselves into the matter, so you can't be defended on their praise. So, recognize that fact that, well okay, maybe if this person had insight or they themselves were an expert in whatever they're praising me in, then it would be worthy of praise. But the vast majority of people that are praising us, they actually don't have any particular uh, reputation in that in that field itself, right? So if for instance, like, yeah, if you're in medical school, the way the medical students think of residents, they think of them as being so intelligent and so wise, and they know every single thing, right? But or or even a better example is that you know a person goes to medical school, for instance, right? And now all of a sudden they're the, they're now the family physician for the entire extended family. The chances of them killing a person are probably higher than a non, you know, someone not in medical training because they barely know anything. But what in the eyes of of people that don't have knowledge of medicine, all of a sudden they know so much. They know that oh, they know what this blood pressure means. What what this uh, blood pressure medication is. They know the generic and the trade name, and all of a sudden you know they they know everything about it. So they're now falsely raised in the eyes of their families. But very, uh, but. We, but so if you recognize that well you know if my attending physician praised me, okay well then that's someone that actually has an appreciation and an understanding has gone through it so may- maybe that has some value but when, when people without insight are praising me then uh, what value does that have so he says that's the first case the second seizes if it comes from a low life who has no influence for possessing hearts is not possible for him um, let's look um, okay, let's bypass the treatment. The treatment for this, in general, is for a person to reflect on the first pleasure. If he is praised because of abundant wealth and status, then he should know that it is an imaginary perfection, and the cause of real perfection being lost. If we are praised because of our wealth, because of uh, you know, because of because of money that we have, because of the cars that we drive, they know that this is just an imaginary perfection. Um, hence, it is more. Pre- um, hence it is more appropriate that he be saddened because of it rather than rejoicing because of it. If people are praising you because of the matters of this world, well, maybe this means that I'm already praised here and I'm not going to be praised in the, in the hereafter. If he is praised for an abundance of knowledge and piety, then his joy should be for the existence of these attributes and Allah subhanahu wa Taala's knowledge of them, not for someone else's mentioning of them. <coughs> He should thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for them and not thank other than him. This is if he is truly characterized by them. If he is not characterized as such, then his joy over praise is foolishness. It's like this joy of someone who is praised by another who says, the fragrance from your bowels is wonderful. Yet the one who is praised knows the filth and horrible stench in his bowels. And sometimes people will say, mashallah, he has such a pure heart but you know that there's filth you know you know that you've been putting filth into your heart for the longest time they just uh, they're praising you in if if they when you really look into your heart you see the filth over there but they only see you know this outward beauty you know so to speak or uh mashallah you have so much you know you have so much knowledge uh, it's like them saying the fragrance from your bowels is wonderful um Yet the one who is praised knows the filth and horrible stench in his bowels. This is the state of a person who rejoices over being praised for piety, asceticism, zuhud, and knowledge, while he knows that within himself he is devoid of them. Um, and that the final this, and so he concludes the the final point to remember. We mentioned earlier that um, that Allah subhanahu wa taala raises people in rank on His own if He chooses to. Right, and He says in the beginning He said that. Um, the exception to this is when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes a slave famous in religion without that person speaking it so if Allah ta'ala raises your status in in the eyes of people or whatever it might be when it comes to your religion he chooses to do it and he wants to it's completely his decision there's no problem with that right and he says like the prophets the rightly guided khulafa and the saints what happens is when a person draws closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um Loves them so much that he proclaims to the angels that he loves them, and then he tells the then he he proclaims to the angels and then he proclaims to the entire world that everybody else must fall in love with them. So the world falls in love with these people, right? Like I said, Imam Ghazali is one of them. The world has fallen in love with him, and um, uh, Imam Suyuti is one of them. The world has fallen in love with these people. Well. Uh, this isn't because of their own seeking status. I mean, look at their own lives. It, you would be shocked, right? Night and day between us and them. They weren't seeking status. Allah Ta'ala raised them because the entire world was told that you need to love these people so then the rest of the world loves them. So that's Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala's decision. So that's the section on love for status. Um, uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, uh, Protect us from the love of of, of, of status uh, From people in this world May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Elevate our rank in his eyes And in the eyes of his angels Both in this world and the hereafter And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, Allow us to rectify uh, the ills within our heart Before we leave this world Wa akhra da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil